Hi everyone, welcome back to the Ask Mike show. Mike here as always as your host and today I'm joined with Jason Troy who's a leadership expert and trainer for corporations and businesses. So we're diving in to a lot on the leadership front today. Jason, thanks for coming on. Hey, it's going great. Just uh, enjoying 2021 and embracing all of the opportunities challenges and just trying to stay you know connected with all the people that i know and care about and 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 even just trying to go see my own clients that are local and then then video on the ones that are not so and some local too definitely a different world now that's for sure i mean yeah it must be so difficult to do the kind of thing that you're doing whether it's speaking or workshops or you know just being in that environment must be tough. Yeah, it's the speaking part of it's really hard because sometimes, you know, some of them I'm having to record and then go live and do a Q&A or I'll have to do a keynote. And when you don't, you don't see an audience in front of you and you have to keep going, you're not sure if someone's laughing, if someone's smiling and you get no reactions, it's really difficult to do. It's actually way more difficult even practicing it as you're doing it and trying to bring in props and, you know, walking around without a microphone. And so, and then, you know, just seeing clients. I mean, I have some clients here, a lot of them actually want to meet in person. And so, you know, we do things that are going to be safe, but I was kind of surprised. Like I thought a lot of people wouldn't, but I think it's the fact that people are so disconnected that they want to meet in person. And there is a lot of value to doing it, right? Um, but then I have a lot of clients that are on video that are, you know, located everywhere. So you just kind of you just kind of roll with it and you figure out what to do and you realize nothing's always going to be perfect, but you do the best that you can, you learn from it, pivot, and then just just keep going. Do you get the same impact on people? when it is virtual. So is it the same? Is it different? What's the impact when you're trying to motivate people or encourage people or any of those sorts of things? You know what you try to do within companies when you're trying to encourage people to be their best selves, right? And really perform and hit their figures or whatever the case is. Does it differ when you go from the offline stuff that people are used to? compared to now with all the the online stuff coming in? I mean, I think some of the things that, you know, when I'm doing coaching with people, whether it's in groups or whether it's in people, at this point, it really doesn't matter. I mean, I've done it enough that I know what to do. And at the end of the day, when you're doing that, it's building about trust, right? And so you just have to know the levers to build trust with people because that's ultimately, you need people to take leaps of faith because they need to get evidence things that are working. And then they're going to take more of them, no matter what you're doing for someone, right? I find it be more challenging when you're doing some workshops or you're doing speaking, because the interactive nature of doing some of the things I like to do, I have to change. And it makes it a little bit harder to do some of the exercises because you're on a video screen. So you have to try to get a little bit more creative. And you're somewhat more limited in some of those things you then have to ask people to do with other people, like on their own time, you know, on video or whatever they're doing in order to see some of the results, which, you know, that has its whole host of challenges because, you know, you try to get evidence for people in the room. I mean, whenever you're speaking in a workshop, I find the most important thing is if you can show people it's working, 
you're, and they can get some evidence to indicate that there's much higher chance that they're going to implement it and use it and try it other than it being like something they're watching on Netflix that they like and it's entertaining and it's good and they're learning something, but the usefulness isn't really there because they're probably not really going to use it or use enough of the information to really make a difference. So is it about like you don't impact the person as deeply? Like you don't really know if they're really taking the action because you've got that disconnect with the screen? In a group setting or even in a workshop or speaking, it's harder to know because you can't really see enough of the audience and what's happening. And you do get some Q&A, but it just is a little harder. And it's also harder to give them exercises to do, right? Because a lot of times I'll do exercises in a small group. Well, you're pretty limited on the video to do that because then I have to get someone another video to do that. And you can do all this, right? Like it's all can be done, but it's extra steps. It's extra hurdles. There are challenges with all of these things, right, that are not in a room. So, but when it comes to regular coaching, if I'm doing it in a group or with a team, at this point, I, you can, I can do it just about as well. It really, there's no really drop off on, on doing that. So it really just depends on what it is that I'm having to do and what the ultimate outcome is. Um, some things are just like more difficult to do. And sometimes now I'm doing a hybrid version, right? So I'll go to somewhere and I'll have like half or three quarters of the people in the room. And then there'll be people on video that a lot of them may not be local, right? And instead of flying them in, they'll just have them on video because there's not enough you know, seats in the room or they don't want to put them on a plane because of COVID. So, you know, you just have to try to figure out how to work all these different situations. And there, there are like always a myriad of them that you're having to kind of work through. So it's a, it's like a gigantic puzzle piece in a box that you just kind of have to figure out. And every time you do it, there's something new and you know, <laughs> it all works out. So it seems like you've got to adjust quite quickly to whatever, whatever situation you're given, you know, it kind of seems like a, how do they currently operate given the, the sort of the pandemic that we're in um can i fit in with that what methods can i use and how best to deliver it yeah it's a lot of human psychology there's a lot of sociology that has to go on this all a lot of behavioral things that you have to think about you have to think about the challenges that are going on i mean there's like a lot of inputs that have to factor in your head in order to come up with solutions and to try different things to meet people's needs, right? And so, you know, I think when you've been doing it enough times, you can, all these things go in your brain and I think about them faster and I figure out some like possibilities that I can get through, but it certainly takes me a little bit longer. I have to think through, um, you know, the whole host of things that are needed in every situation a little bit more when I'm having to do video with multiple people that are sitting somewhere, especially in like in a training or workshop or speaking where it like, it may not be any different in the content, but you're used to getting feedback. So, you know, if you need a pivot during the speech or there's something you need to cover, or there's a lot that you can tell now you can't because you can't see anyone and you don't really know. And some of those things make it harder as well. So, but I just found that I just, in my head, I'm assuming it's going great. And I just roll like that, right? Because 
then your energy is high, you're enthusiastic and you're going through it. And there's the thing you can do anyways, right? Because most of the time you're not getting questions sent to you until the end. Um, that's usually the way that a lot of these are structured, especially speaking. So I just find in life, you just have to, you got to go with the flow. You have to pivot. You have to be optimistic and positive. And then you just got to do so. And sometimes even now what I'll do is I'll give people um, opportunities to contact me afterwards, what I normally may not have done before. And I just do it saying, hey, if you have a question or you want to talk about something you don't understand, I realize this is difficult because of the medium and all the things. Here's my information and I'll talk to you. And, you know, so some of that I have to, I'm spending more time. So there's a cost to my business, but that way I can ensure that people are getting the full value out of the engagement and what they're doing. You brought up a lot there, everything from there's only so much you can control. That's number one. You've got to be optimistic. Sometimes you've got to pivot and change the direction slightly so you can navigate the, the situation and then you've got like sometimes it's going to cost you more but it's worth it if it means that you you get the results of people that sounds like a lot to do with how the actual corporations could navigate the situation as well you know trying to push their businesses forwards trying to keep the growth or keep afloat in some cases does that speak to what you would advise people do in terms of motivating their, their staff and their managers as well? Yeah, because I think one of the things that you'll see now is a terminology for, for organizations, really no matter what size, right? Normally, you'll probably think about, you know, middle size and up, like they'll call employee experience. Like what's the experience your employees are having, right? Well, I think the shift that you're seeing now is it's not just the employee experience, it's their life experiences, right? There's a mental health, there's a wellness, there's a lot more that have to go into the equation when you're thinking about things as an organization itself, no matter if there are five people in it or, you know, 50,000, right? To me, it doesn't matter. There are people and they are going through being in a pandemic differently, right? Some people are feeling very disconnected and isolated, right? You're seeing the numbers go up on mental health issues skyrocket through the roof, right? People feeling loneliness is going up, right? I mean, all the indicators of like a lot of things that would show you that people are in crisis and that they're having challenges like outside of the workplace is really coming up. So I think you have to think about those if you're a company because people's experiences that are having outside of work affect their day-to-day, -day, their productivity, their engagement, their enthusiasm, their happiness. And that directly affects your competitiveness, your ability to scale your organization, the profit and revenue that are coming in the door. So I think organizations that are having to take some major shifts and how they're looking at all of these things um, more so than they've ever had before. And if they don't, there is a cost to the business. So you either shift, and I, and I call this really, I mean, this, this is really having to scale, at, at, at tr transform at scale, really, right? Because you're having to do so many new things and try them and to do well, because if you don't, your business is going to be impacted in a significant way because all of these things now are in place are have changed 
like will be changing for good. And we don't know what the future is really going to, to look like, right? I mean, some things like people returning to the workplace, I've had these conversations with clients, how many, right? A lot of them are like 25%. Well, when is it going to be 50 or 75? Well, no one really knows when that answer is going to be. People can give you projections, but that's dictated on vaccine levels. Uh, are people at risk, right? There's a lot going on to think through all these things. And there's a lot of time between now and when that occurs. And as we go forward every day, people are feeling more disconnected, more isolated, right? There's a lot of things that are going on that really affect people in a significant way. So I think, the, you know, all of these things have to go together and, and there's a lot of pressure on people and they really have to stay at the forefront of what's going on because if they don't, I mean, the cost can be staggering or you won't have a business. I mean, that's, that's the reality. And navigating the unknown is quite important, particularly with yes. everything's moving right now, whether it's moving forwards or backwards or whatever it is. There's a real sense of no one really knows what to do, because if there's no deadline or there's no timeline, it can be very difficult to know what to do. So when you're speaking to businesses or corporations, how do you help them handle the, the unknown side of it all? Well, I tell people ultimately in life, right? The place that you want to be as an individual or a group or teams and organization itself is the more uncertainty you can manage in a healthy way, the more successful you're going to be. Because that will allow you to pivot, that will allow you to face really difficult odds and huge challenges. And you have to move people to that goal, right? And everything that you're doing as a group of people. And part of that means you're having to change a lot of the things that you're doing, right? The results-centered way of the past of saying, it's the bottom line and results that matter are gone. It's now, how do you get those results that matter the most? Because that's the long-term health of your organization. If you get great results, but you're having people living in fear, scared, right? Like stressed out. Yeah, you'll get the results you want now, but you won't later because people will leave and you won't be as competitive. And there will be other things that come up because people are seeing alternatives to that, right? The old way of leadership, right? Of by fear or by pedigree or by position is leaving. And people are now talking about a more human-centric leadership. And people might say, oh, well, that's goody two-shoes. And so but that's not really happening. You see this in companies that are teaching about empathy and soft skills at a more rapid pace. Like Disney and Novartis and major companies are really redoing their learning and development and leadership training and thinking through this stuff. Because the results and data show that that is where really the lift is and where people are going and where organizations have to move to as a whole. So I think that it's really, this has created a sea change. It's always been there. It's not like COVID made these things magically show up. They've always been brewing under the surface. It's now just exacerbated, right? It's like the pot was boiling, but there was a lid on it. So the water didn't go over. Well, now someone took off the lid and now the boiling water is exploding all over the stove and shooting up and hitting the microwave and everything else. So like, it's just, so now you're seeing it happen right in front of you and you can't 
put the lid back and there's no lid anymore. It's gone. So you, you have to adjust or you're going to be really unsuccessful um, in the things that you're doing because the expectations for people and employees and even other leaders and managers and investors and clients and suppliers and partners, they've all changed. So when it comes to navigating the unknown and the, the unpredictable side of things, do you have a suggestion around, okay, I'm going to pivot this way. How long do I leave it before I decide to stop it or change it again? Like what's the, what's the way of measuring or what can you measure at this point or monitor so that this is the right way to go? Or at what point do you decide to change or, or stay with it? I mean, I think you have to look at stuff on a pretty regular basis. I think you have to monitor some things weekly, probably some things, you know, monthly, some things quarterly. But I think you have to look at your micro environment, right? Like your specific industry, where you're at geography, and then look at macro trends and see what other people are doing and what's really going on. And I think you have to take both of those in consideration on a pretty consistent basis. And I think then you have to communicate with that with a group of people on your leadership team, with your company. You have to get feedback. You have to have a lot more empathy. You have to leave your ego at the door more than ever before. And you have to be open to having some healthy debate with like diversity of thinking, right? And inject that more into the organization that you had before. Because these are important things. I mean, conversations are super important when you don't have the ability to have, you know, serendipitous conversations, right? Because one of the things that's really missing that used to happen, like if you're in a building, you'd walk from one meeting to another and you'd run into someone and you'd have a conversation or do you talk after a meeting or do you might do something? All of that has gone away for people that have been on site. And so none of those organic conversations are occurring anymore. And people are getting a lot of the Zoom fatigue and phone fatigue. So they're not really calling up people in between. So a lot of these conversations that used to be happening in some way or another are not occurring right now. And that makes it much more difficult. So communication and collaborating is really crucial. So I tell people, you need to schedule these things more meaning-wise, right? Like I'll have leaders and managers. I'm like, you need to schedule time with your peers, like on your team, like across. So you can coordinate and put it on your calendar. Because if you just leave it to chance, it's not going to happen. Because I've noticed people just don't call. They're not making it. Not because they, they don't care. Not because it doesn't matter. Because they're working more. They're stressed. Like all of these things are real. So then they don't do it. But the problem is, is then they're not sure what other people are doing. They're not communicating it. There are more problems that occur. They're guessing. And it causes this ripple effect of all these more fires that are happening, right, that people have to constantly put out instead of getting together and having conversations and figuring out how do I work within my group, my team, or across the organization, and really just solving it by getting people like in a virtual room and talking it out and then having, you know, the courage to bring up difficult conversations and putting it on the table and willing to listen to the other people, offer up possible solutions and not worry about being right or wrong, but worrying about like, how can we move this forward where we're at now? How can we do better together? Right. 
And I think it's, it's super important. Like one of the things I loved about Mad Men's, like one of my favorite shows and Don Draper at one point says, you know, get better when someone's asking him for a raise, right? Like get better. And I think we all need to get better. And the only way you can do that is by facing a lot of these things head on and trying the best that you can and then acquiring the skills that you need and getting help and realizing that you can't do this by yourself. There's a lot to be said for that, along with the whole not leaving it to chance as well. And I think if you work for somebody in a corporation and you've got, let's just say, a a half eight till half five sort of scenario working for a company, a lot of it's given to you, isn't it? A lot of your day is given to you by a supervisor, by a colleague. A lot of the time it's given to you, right? Yeah. uh, I know there's a lot of my my friends and my peers whereby they really struggle to give themselves stuff to do, give themselves a to-do list, give themselves tasks for the day. It's something that I myself have had to do for a long time, so you do get used to it. But there's a lot to be said for that. There's a lot to be said for being more self-reliant, being more like more independent on your own. And learning what you don't know, as you said, you know, acquiring the skills, all those kinds of things as well. And I think a lot of it comes down to you've got to be able to think on your feet a little bit and figure out how you're going to navigate it as well. And the amount of people that I'm seeing that are struggling because they're having to work from home versus go to the office. Yes. It almost irritates me a little bit because it probably doesn't have a lot to do with the fact that you're working from home. It's when you go to the office, a lot of it's there waiting for you. A lot is it's someone telling you what to do and how to do it. Whereas from home, you're left to your own devices a lot more. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you have a lot more latitude. And I think part of this is being more curious, right? I think curiosity is one of the most undervalued qualities in society today, right? I think we have to be more curious from people because that really starts and ends conversations, right? Like instead of coming up with a judgment, ask someone, tell me more. Like, why do you think that? Why have you come to that conclusion? Where is this coming from? And let them tell you, and then you can have a better dialogue about what you're talking about, right? And I think that just goes one thing, but it's also like in your skills and development, a lot of people are waiting on someone else to tell them what skills and things to work on rather than figuring it out. Well, you know what? Today's world, that's just not going to happen. Like you are going to have to manage your own career and your own development and invest in yourself. I mean, that is just the reality of what's going on. I don't care what company you're working from. No one's handing it to you. You're going to have to seek it out or that when they do come to you, It'll be because your performance isn't good and they're making you do it. So that's the challenge. And I think the other thing that happens is people are used to thinking in the silo about themselves because as you're going up in a company, it's about your performance. But it ceases to be your performance anymore when you're a manager level up. It's not, and it's not just about your team, it's about how you work at your peers, how you're helping manage up. There's all of these things. And I think people fail to look at it and see it like that, even with experience and tenure, 
like they don't still have the meetings and do the things that they should and have the right conversations and tackle hard conversations with people that are really difficult so they can work through problems or challenges like as a group with other people. They just let them sit there and then these things mount up, right? And that's part of my job is I like some of it is just like going in and I'll get corral people into a room to have a conversation, all set the agenda to help them have the conversations that they have to end up having about a myriad of different things, right? Like how are they doing their marketing? What's going on with sales? Like, why are they having challenges, you know, like in their company with employees and hiring or whatever it might be or arguments that they're having or not trusting people. So like, I think that is really where people have to realize that you have to do this proactively on your own because no one will tell you that that is what you need to do. But in essence, you have to do that to stay organized, to stay, you know, like, and lockstep with people, right? Or other problems will happen, right? All of, all of clients who, you know, they only have so much budget to hire people that everyone would be fighting for, I want to hire this person and that person. Well, then the people that are making those decisions have to figure out, well, what's the right decision? Well, that's really hard to do because they probably don't have all the data. So all the people with their hands out really need to get together and work with each other to prioritize the hiring and be real about how bad they really need it and listen to their peers, and then go upwards and say, here's the priority on the hiring from our viewpoint, here's why. And now you save all of this time, and everyone really gets what they want, need and want when they need it, right, most. Otherwise, you don't. But that's a, a common scenario that occurs, right? People don't think about having a meeting with the peers like to decide things like that or have it. They just end up putting their hand out, right? Well that's not going to help you. You may get what you want now, but over the long term, you won't. And you'll feel like no one's hearing you and no one cares and no one's appreciating it or no one understands what you're saying. But the reason is, is you're not explaining it to the people that matter the most, which are your peers. And then someone above you has to interpret what it is that you need and want. And they're probably going to be wrong. It's almost like what, you do is more needed because a lot of people don't know how to motivate their employees or they don't know how to encourage them in the right way or just be more empathetic and understanding half the time and so many people are struggling with this whether it be loneliness or detachment or whatever extra stress because you've got to balance your work and home life whereas in the past you can leave your house and go to work it's a very different way of of organizing yourself as well so what are the certain things that you've noticed or what advice could you give to people that are navigating this where we can sort of come at it from both angles that we can come at it from you're the, the employee, essentially. You're the person that's been told they can work from home. How can they navigate that situation? And then the manager or the supervisor that has to motivate that person. What can that person do? Well, I, you know, part of it is that whether, whatever you're doing, I think you have to manage your own workload. And you've got to look at the things that you're doing and prioritize them and then ask yourself, is this the best use of my time? 
And are there things that I need to offload or not do that I could be doing and figuring that out, right? That's part of it that everyone needs to do. And if you're like a supervisor, a manager, a leader, one of the problems that's happening is trust, right? Because you're not, you don't know if the people around you are necessarily doing everything that they should because they're not coming in. You can't be watching them. So you have to give them the benefit of the doubt and look at the results and outcomes. And if you don't, and if you're still having problems, then you need to have conversations with groups or people about that and handle that directly. I would say the other thing is you have to look at the skill sets that you're going to need now in the future and the things that you're doing well, whether they be hard skills or soft skills, and do your own inventory, right? I mean, you can do that through a review. You can look online, you can hire a coach, you can do whatever you want, but you have to know the skills that you have to do better on and the things that you need to improve. Otherwise, like you're just going to be, you're waiting on someone else to tell you things and they'll only tell you it when it hits a crisis point or there's a problem. I think the other part of it is you've got to communicate and collaborate by meeting with people to start working across the organization and with other people. And I think probably the last part is having a lot more empathy to understand where people are coming from, why they're thinking what they're thinking, and try to ask more questions instead of getting to a judgment or trying to prove that you're right. And I think if you start doing those things, you're going to do significantly better, right? And, and obviously, there's a wild card, which is every situation is a little bit different, right? As you have to try to navigate, right, personalities, geographies, other people. But the other probably the last part I probably add on to that is I think caring is a big part of it, right? Like taking the time to ask people, like, how are you really doing? Right. I, I, that's a great question. Like when people say, well, how are you doing? And they say, okay, a fine. Said, okay. So how are you really doing? Are you really managing this? Well, like, you know, and I think that part of when you're going through a crisis, showing you care is the most important part of trust, period, right? Doesn't matter when it is. So that helps you build better relationships with the people that are around you. And that's only going to serve you, right, in the present, like in the future, right? And all the things that you're having to do. So I think if you focus on those areas, right, you're, you're gonna do significantly better um, than if you don't. Of course, there are more things to do, but you gotta start somewhere. You do, and I think a lot of it might even come down to, I guess, there's that mix of understanding the situation that you're in and then figuring out how they are handling it because some people are doing great, they're fine, but then others less so. And that could even be in the same organization, couldn't it? The same company, the same business almost, Two or three different people could be handling it very differently, couldn't they? Yeah. And I mean, how many employees ask their manager, how, how are you doing? How are you really doing? And actually have that honest conversation. How many people on here, think about it, like how many times have you asked that of the people that are above you in position in the last year? How are you really doing? Probably very, you know, very minimal, but the pressures on people are pretty significant. And to show that you care can help someone significantly and have someone to listen to them. A lot of problem, a lot of problem solving is not actually solving their problem, it's just listening, right? Because a lot of people will solve their own problems if they can talk out loud. And a lot of people, if you don't solve the problem, if they have someone to talk to, 
that's really what they ultimately want most of right now, because that gives them a sense of connection and a sense of belonging, right? So you have to consider that these some simple things now that we took for granted before are not there right now. And like, you know, they've shown scientifically that connection and belonging are the same thing as food, shelter, water, they're human basic needs. And when you strip one of them away, you really take people down significantly. And that is the problem now. It's not just some like fantasy that you can, you know, muster through. It will take a toll on you. And it does. And again, every situation we said is differently because we don't know what's happened to that person unless we ask them. Right. And if we jump to a conclusion, well, we're going to be wrong because you're making an assumption based on no facts and information. So we, we have to really do that. So I, I think that you know, human wellness and, and caring and support is really significant as we're like going through this period of time. And I, I mean, and I think it's going to pretty much be the standard moving forward because you never really go back when something like this has occurred. Your expectations rise. And that's where you want people to meet. Yeah, I, re I really, I really think that that is probably the case. You know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot happening. Everyone's trying to navigate this situation. Everyone's handling it differently, and it takes a lot to be able to stand back and realize that. It takes a lot to be able to stand there and say, "Everyone's going to be struggling right now. Everyone's handling it differently." It's everyone's like individual job. Like what made me sort of laugh in the background was, you know, how often do you ask the person above you in the company how they're really doing? And that may happen every now and again, the other way around, the manager asking you how you're doing, but you going up to the manager saying, how are you really, that, that probably never happens. Yeah, and the, and the challenge with that ha is, is that then the people above you feel very isolated and alone. And when that happens, they're not thinking as clearly and about everyone else, and they're not working up to their full potential either, which then hurts you, right? So end of the day, right? I mean, another way of looking at this is you have to lift the people around you up because it is at your benefit to do that both professionally and personally. Because if they're not operating at their best and performing and engaging, that is going to hurt your career path, your like financial outlook, right? All of the success metrics that you'd want. So you can't leave that to chance. You just and how you don't is by asking questions and gaining skill sets and doing things that can help you work with other people. Because now they're looking at they're saying like you know, almost probably seven, 75 to 80% of our work is with other people. And you could argue that it's the most difficult time ever to have to work with other people because we're all having to do it via video or phone. And there isn't another option. It's not like, you know, even if you have all the money, can you like flying people and getting them together? Sure, it's possible. But there's a lot of situations where it's not, right? If you're coming from multiple countries and doing it, it isn't. Right. So if you're coming from the same geography, well, there are opportunities potentially to do things. Even those are pretty limited. Right. So you're having to think through this. And I think that is where we have to focus on is like, what are the given set of circumstances that we're in now? And what is it that we have to do to be successful for ourselves, our families, and 
to the people that are around us. Well, that's an amazing way to tie this conversation off with a bow. Very, very nicely put there, Jason. How can people find out more about you? So if someone wanted to learn more, where can they go? Sure. You can go to my website. It's uh, jasontreu.com. And that's jasontreu.com. And then you can get my book, Social Wealth, and how to build great business relationships on Amazon. And I have a game called Cards Against Mundanity that helps build teamwork and relationships and trust. You can use one-on-one and in groups. And there's a free version of that to download and then a physical card set as well. So you can find that on the website. Awesome. Well, there we have it. Those of you that have tuned in, make sure you do subscribe and leave us a review if you haven't already. And even share the show. Just tell one extra person about the show. Make sure that they listen to this one because Jason's dropped a lot of information, a lot of value for you. And Jason, thanks again. I look forward to keeping in touch. Thanks.